Hello, dear listener. We are looking to add a new member to our engineering team again. Ideally, we're looking for a senior level mechanical design engineer in the Phoenix area who has experience designing custom automated machines, equipment, and test fixtures. Also, having working experience with controls and system integration would be a big plus. If you'd like to apply or suggest someone, please email us at info at teampipeline.us. Yeah, I, I just love creating things. I don't know. It's it's just it's like what's it's kind of what gives me life in the morning. It's just like, oh, I get to make something. This is exciting. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Being an Engineer podcast. Today we are speaking with James Drakenberg, who, aside from having one of the coolest last names ever, has done everything from medical devices to consumer products to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures. I've been a fan of James's for many years now, following his personal projects on his blog, which we'll link to in the show notes, and I'm super excited to have him on the show. So with that, James, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I'm really excited to be here. All right. Tell us a little bit about what made you decide to be an engineer. Um, That's a great question. Uh, So when I was very young, I actually wanted to be a veterinarian uh, because I loved animals. I still love animals, um, but that was kind of what I wanted my goal to be. And then uh, freshman biology came in high school and I was like, dissections nope that's not, not happening it. for me i'm this Peace. is not it <laughs> um and uh, so i i reflected in you know like my freshman ability to do that which is very poor for a high schooler um but i was thinking i'm impressed back. that you were thinking about it back in a freshman in high school i wasn't yeah, I mean, I, I've always, I've always been sort of forward thinking of what are, what's my end goal, and what are the means to get to that end goal. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a weird thing that I thought was normal, but a lot of people are like, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was like thirty, and I'm like, wow, that's, yeah, that's wild. I think you uh, have a superhuman power without even realizing it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, so, so I thought about what were the things that I enjoyed and like, I had always loved Lego too. So I always build with Lego. Anytime that I was doing homework, I'd be thinking about Lego instead. And, and so, um, was having conversations with like my parents and and I was like, I I don't think I could be a vet. This, uh, this is not for me anymore. And my parents were like, you really like to build things with Lego. And I was like, yes, I do. I do like to build things with Lego. You're right. And so What's they encouraged the profession me to build Legos. Yeah. Right? So they encouraged yeah. me like, what, what would you need to do to do that full time to like make things or to work for Lego? And that was, that was like my idea of um, my end goal at that time. And so uh, talking to like counselors, I think there were like some presentations and figured out that mechanical engineering was it. And um Moving through high school, like learning physics and all this, like I wasn't really into chemistry. Uh, physics was pretty cool. And I was like, that seems like a step in the right direction. Um, decided 100% engineering. Um, engineering college was a very different experience than I thought it would be. 
Oh, how the, so? Uh, um, there was, it was a lot of math. It was a lot of theory. Um, a lot of like the statics, kinematics, and those things were very interesting. Um, but the thing that really grabbed my attention um, was my 2D drafting class, first of all, which I thought was fascinating. And then we got into 3D modeling and like it blew my mind. And like, <laughs> and that's what I fell in love with. So I like, uh... I automatically fell in love with 3D modeling. Um, I think we were using uh, PTC at the time or a pro engineer. And um, I've never touched that software system since, uh, but have have done a lot with SolidWorks. And in, in my personal uh, in my personal hobby, I was doing a lot with Fusion 360. And now I'm trying to transition over to FreeCAD. This is all sounding very, very familiar. I, I also loved to play with Legos when I was a kid. I had no idea about biology. I never wanted to be a vet or anything like that. But <laughs> Um, I got into uh, into the curriculum in college, and mm-hmm. I had a 2D drafting class. Actually, that was in high school, but I loved this 2D drafting class. It was yeah. so fun. I could, I could. It was only an hour long the class, but I could have sat there all day and just you know drawn these perspective views and isometric views and all. I loved it. And then I got uh, into the 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 engineering curriculum in college, and I had a CAD class, and it, like you, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I remember we had this big project to model a car. We could pick whatever mm-hmm. car we wanted. We picked the, the Ferrari Modena, and I spent, like, every weekend in the CAD computer lab just modeling this thing and, like, doing renderings, even though renderings were pretty crappy back then. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And I it was on PT. I was on, yeah, Pro Engineer at the time. Um, uh, and that's where I started and then used it very little after I graduated. So this is, this is all sounding very, very familiar. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Lego's the gateway drug, (laughs) the gateway drug. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's been probably a year and a half or two years since I did a whole lot of design work. I've been Mm -hmm. kind of removed from the day-to-day engineering and been focusing more on sales and business Mm -hmm. development, which has been awesome. And I've really enjoyed it. It's been a a huge challenge and I've learned a lot. So it's been great. Uh, No complaints at all. But I I haven't had a chance to do a whole lot of design until this past week. And we just got really, really busy Mm -hmm. and so busy that, that I have stepped back into a designer role you know things are bad when when I'm doing yeah, design, yeah. and it was it's been so fun. You know, I, I forgot oh, yeah. how much fun this is. Just getting into the CAD and designing things, and mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 been a blast. So anyway, this interview is about you, not about me. So let's get back <laughs> to James Drakenberg. Let's let's start there. Drakenberg, okay. tell us what does your last name mean? Um, so Drakenberg is German for Dragon Mountain, um, so which cool. I always thought was the coolest thing. And I, I have been challenged on that multiple times throughout my life because people think it's too cool. Um, so uh. I have looked into it. It does mean Dragon Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and so that that is kind of the foundation for the name of my website. It's Dragon Mountain Design. Um, I felt like Drakenberg Design was a little bit, a little bit too obscure. Yeah. Uh, but Dragon Mountain Design, it, there's a flow to it. It's there got a is. cool logo yeah. that that my my good friend Nate made. Um, yeah. And and what do you do on Dragon Mountain Design, the website? Um, so that website is for personal projects that I do in my free time, uh, which with having small children is a lot less than it used to be. Um, I started it shortly before my daughter was born. 
and um, had a lot more free time because she slept all the time. <laughs> and then um, had a son a few years later. And that free time is just kind of evaporated over time. And so like there'd be moments when I get like really excited about designing or, or doing anything really. And I'll be up like really, really late, like, far too late than I should be. And I'll be designing things and then like I won't be able to touch it for a week or something. Uh, so, so it has progressed as my life has progressed. Um, I used to uh, post like every other week, which was, that was a lot. Because <laughs> some of the projects you do, they're like, they're in depth. They're not just yeah. little couple hour things. Yeah. So the, the, the kind of like the biggest project that I have done, the one I'm probably most proud of um, is RoboKitty. And it's this big <laughs> robotic dinosaur. Um, and you can, you can see it on Dragon Design. Um, you can go download those files if you want to. They're free. And um, I, I, if I recall, that was a project that I did sort of over what, what I, I sort of give myself a Christmas break every year. I try to schedule on my PTO around that time. And so that was like my Christmas break project. And I was up so late every night, like working on that. And I was so excited. <laughs> and my, at the end of it, I was like so proud of this design. And it's it got really, really popular online for a little while. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll hear like little blurbs from people are like, oh, we found your model. It's so great. Uh, but my, yeah, but my wife at the end of that was like, that was a lot of time. That was a lot of time, James. And How about um, some robo balance here. Yeah, huh? yeah, exactly. Let's get some robo yeah. balance up in here. Yeah. And, <laughs> so she she helped me reel it back a little bit, and yeah, um, I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm doing some smaller scale things now. Um, I would love well, to do did, another. Why huge did you project start like the that. the 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 website? Tell me a little bit about that. Oh boy. Um, it was actually my wife's idea as well. <laughs> oh, it's all coming full circle. Yeah, she's she's a fantastic wife. She's very motivational, uh, very sound advice. Uh, but I, I, it was it was the winter before my daughter was born, and um, I had been kind of scouted by a large tech company. Um, that I won't I won't get into the name of it right now. Uh, but they they had interviewed me. I had gone through a couple of interviews, and they wanted me to come out. And I, uh, after having the interviews, I decided that hey, the work life balance is not where I want to be. And um, I was really excited that they wanted me. And my wife was like, just think of who would contact you if you had this awesome website to like showcase all your work. I was like, hey, that's a pretty good idea. So, <laughs> so I started working on it and playing around with it. And um, yeah, I really, really have enjoyed, really have enjoyed it. And hence RoboKitty was born. Okay. And hence RoboKitty was born. Excellent. I love it. So clearly all these projects take a lot of time. Um, do you have like dedicated time to work on this stuff? Or at this point, is it just kind of whenever you find a minute or two? It's kind of whenever I find a minute or two. Um, and then with with the pandemic and COVID and everything, I'm home a lot more, but I'm also a lot more involved with the kids. And so again, my wife has been very good about like scheduling time and being like, Hey, I'm putting the kids to bed. You go out and go out to your workshop and design if you want to do whatever you want. So uh, that's been really good too. And I've been able to have a little bit more time to work on projects that way. 
Nice. Uh, tell me yeah. about your workshop. What is in your workshop? Um, in my workshop, it is a, I want to say it's like a 10 by 12 tough shed that uh, we, we had installed a few years ago. And um, I did all of the interiors myself. I'm I'm in here right now. I know you can see me. The podcast listeners. Can't. Oh wow! It just looks like an office. Yeah. yeah. So we built it nice. up to be kind of like an office. There's an AC unit um, for the summertime. Right now, I have the door to my backyard open, and it, the sun is shining, and it's a beautiful day. Um, I have a 3D printer here. Um, I've got like my laptop, a couple computers, some books. Um, a, a collection of Game Boy games that I've been rebuilding over the last year or so, and it's different stuff like that. All of my Lego is also out here. Now, when you say Game Boy games that you're rebuilding, what do, what do you mean by that, rebuilding? Oh, uh, the collection. I'm rebuilding the collection. Got it. Uh, okay, so okay. I, I loved Game Boy as a kid, and I had like all these Game Boy games. And then whenever the newest thing would come out, I would do the GameStop trade-in, which was a terrible, terrible choice because you get like <laughs> 10 bucks for, yeah. for your, like your whole collection. You get like 10 uh, bucks. Uh, but I would always like, I, I would always enjoy that. So Like a pawn uh, shop for kids. Yeah. So I was actually at Bookman's, which is a book reseller in the Phoenix area. Um, I was at the one in Flagstaff a couple years ago and there was a Game Boy Color just sitting there. And I was like, oh man, I, that that's got some good memories. And so my wife was like, you should get it then. And so I got it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And um, I've been having a really good time, like introducing my kids to some of my old favorites and have actually found that there's like a, a huge community of people who are like creating their own Game Boy games right now. Um, really? And so I've actually started doing that with my nephews. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, so, so uh, Dragon Mountain Design, you've been doing this for a little bit over six years now. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it has been and continues to be important for you? Do, it, does it just scratch an itch that, that you don't get access to it at work? Um, a little bit, yeah. Um, I, I think... In, in some previous positions um, doing consumer products, um, I've always kind of had a passion for toys, uh, but I don't really know if I want to um, be working in the toy design field. Um, I watched that whole Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us, and I absolutely loved it, but it's a little bit too cutthroat for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so so I've it's been kind of this itch that I've been able to scratch. I'm like, if I have this wild idea for something, I can just go and do it. Um, like like the more recent designs that I've done, like the Ninja Turtle action figures that uh, you mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, that was something that I've always enjoyed. I, I love the Ninja Turtles. I can't explain it. And uh, my kids have been starting to get into it because I've had some of my older Ninja Turtle toys pop up over the years. And um, so I was like, you know, I, I want to make action figures. I want to make toys in my free time. Um, let me try this. It's kind of like a, it's, it's something that is nostalgic, something that's exciting. Um, their designs aren't so complex that I would feel weird about it. Like I'm not making people's faces and like having to sculpt all this <laughs> stuff. Like I can be a little bit more abstract with it. And uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I highly recommend people check out the, the Ninja Turtle project on James's website. It's very cool. You have done quite a bit of 3D printing with all of your personal projects. Mm-hmm. What what 3D printer do you use? 
Um, I started out with a printer bot, Simple Metal. That was, this was years back. Uh, that was the first printer that I had gotten. Uh, I bought the kit and I built it because I wanted to know everything that I could about it. Um, I enjoyed that, but I didn't want to ever do that again. <laughs> uh, so the, the second print that I got was a Prusa i3 um, Mark IIs. I think that's what it was. And that was like their flagship Prusa printer. Um, I bought that one just stock. It came, all I had to do was plug it in and turn it on, and it worked beautifully. Nice. Um, but it, it was also very big, and I try to make most of my designs small because um, waiting and printing something for like 24 hours, because some of these prints can take a really long time. And yeah. some, some people design their prints to take a really long time, and that stresses me out. So I try to design everything in small chunks as much as possible. And so I only have to print a little bit at a time. Um, I can observe it if I need to. I don't have to worry about like leaving it and things getting messed up. Um, that's just a personal preference for me. So now I have uh, a Prusa Mini. Okay. And is this your favorite one so far? I think so. It, it's the smallest form factor um, that I've had in a while. And it works really well. It's it's had a couple of issues, but they've been super easy to fix. The Prusa team is super great about putting together documentation and giving advice as to how to adjust things and fix things. So it's got a great community. It's got great support from the company. It's open source. Um, I highly recommend their their stuff. Terrific. It's, well, it's one a little bit more on the expensive side, but yeah. Well, one of the questions I was going to ask you later on was, who are some of your favorite vendors that the people oh, listening okay. to the okay. show might might get some value out of? Sounds like that's one of them, Prusa. Prusa, yeah, they're great. They're, there are a lot of other 3D printing companies that are also really good. I don't have a whole lot of experience with them, but if you're really into 3D printing and if you're really into the machines themselves, uh, there are a lot of great models that you can get very inexpensively and then tweak and modify and get ready. Um, get get to a level of quality that you prefer um i see that i see it as more of a means to an end and so i don't really want to do all those things and prusa is great for that because their products work really really well out the box yeah i i get the sense from you and i've gotten this sense for a long time i mean you and i have known each other loosely for several years now yeah. and i've always felt this way that some people they they go to work and they 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 do engineering at work. I get the sense that you are an engineer. You're like the quintessential design engineer, and that's just who you are. It's not who you become at work. That's just who you are. And uh, it turns out, you know, work is a good fit because that's who you are. Well, what are some of the things that you have learned on your personal projects that have been useful or applicable at work? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I, I've been able to learn a lot about um, building in like slip fit versus press fit and, and designing those things in as like standards. Um, and I've been able to apply a lot of like modeling techniques that I've kind of figured out while I've been doing it at home to like, hey, that worked really well or that that made this a lot faster. And so I'd be able to apply similar modeling techniques in SolidWorks uh, when I design at work. Um, it's it's kind of just like honing a blade. That's, that's the best analogy that I can make is that um, I, 
the work that I do on my website isn't the exact same work that I do professionally, uh, but it's the same skill sets. Yeah. So I get to I I get to enjoy um, a pastime while still sharpening my skill sets. What do you think is your favorite kind of engineering or design work to do? Like if if you had your pick, you could design your own job. What would that look like? Um. Probably just designing in CAD. I love designing in CAD. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> I love, I love the design work, and I love like playing with what I've created afterwards. Like, I enjoy three D printing, but like I said, it's it's more of a means to an end for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like the the first and last parts are my favorite. Um, and you've done uh, professionally. Uh, consumer product design, which is a lot of plastic mm-hmm. injection molding, but you've also done more of the industrial side where you're working with gears and machine metal parts and things like mm-hmm. that. Does it, does it even matter to you what you're designing? Uh, Not really. As, as long no. as you get to design in CAD. Not really. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I, I just love creating things. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's like, what's, it's kind of what gives me life in the morning. It's just like, Oh, I get to make something. This is exciting. And there's my soundbite. That's that's the opening for the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I'll, I'll take just a real short break right now and uh, share with everyone that teampipeline.us is where you can learn more about how we help medical device and other product engineering or manufacturing teams develop turnkey equipment, custom fixtures, and automated machines to characterize, inspect, assemble, manufacture, and perform verification testing on your devices. We are speaking with James Drakenberg today. One of the things I would like to talk to you about is time management, because like you said, you have a couple of of young children and you have this like uh, busy personal project schedule that that, uh, you have going on. And then of course you have work and and you're married. So you have, you know, husband duties as well. How, how do you manage your time? Do you have any, um, any routines or habits or, or, or tricks that you've found to be useful over the years? Um, it's kind of ebbed and flowed as, as my life has progressed. Um, I try to make time for my family first and foremost, um, cause they're so important to me. And even, even as I create things, I'm thinking about my kids or like my wife, like a lot of the things that I do, um, aren't just toys. Like I've done some functional work just because my wife is like, Hey, I need this thing. And I'm like, you got it. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I, I love spending time with them. So that's kind of more the priority. And um, obviously work, work is also a, like career work is a huge priority. Um, so I do try to get more of that balance before I do any personal work. And like I said earlier, uh, for a very long time, it was more of, I would do this when any, everything else was kind of finished and wrapped up. The kids were in bed. Um, my wife may have been busy at the time, or she may be hanging out, just kind of decompressing. And I'll be like, all right, great. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to design. And so that's kind of more how time management has gone for my personal projects. It's mostly been what time is available. Okay. And for a while, I was giving myself like a month deadline. I was like, I want to have something out every month. Um, 
And for a while that was okay, but it wasn't ultimately sustainable because of the kids getting older and staying up later and, and me just being tired because I'm older too. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. I, there have been nights where I like fall asleep at 830 and I'm like, what oh, happened? Yeah. yeah. Like I don't My even wife, remember The other it. day she, she said uh, it was like, I don't know, eight, eight o'clock at night or something. And she says, all I want to do is take some Advil and go to sleep. And I, I said to her, that sounds so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing, right? Like, oh, we're just getting old. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you now? Or so we're talking about time management. Um, oh yeah, so you've worked in in a variety of industries, right? Consumer mm-hmm. products, medical devices. Uh, what what have been some of the pros and cons of, of working in these different industries? Um, hmm. Well, at, at my at my position that I was working in consumer products, um, when I started there, it was kind of like a smaller team in a larger company. And so things worked very, very smoothly because there were only a few of us that were working on one thing at a time. And so it was, it, there was a, like a really good, almost like community bond for like the brand that we worked under within a larger company. Um, and things kind of progressed and changed there and it became a lot bigger and so we had a lot more access to resources within the company, uh, which was great because we could have other people take care of different things. And um, that was really good. So there, there's like a benefit to a smaller team. There's benefit to a larger team in terms of smaller team. You build a really good community and sometimes you can work really quickly uh, with a larger team. Things may take a little bit longer because there's a lot more communication involved. Um, but you can do a lot more, which is really nice. And now, now, um, in the company that I'm working for now, which is doing medical devices, it's huge. Like I thought the company that I worked for before was large, uh, but this is massive company and I'm still, I've been there about six months now and I'm still learning people like, Oh, that's, that's a whole different department. There's a whole bunch of people that do all these things that I had to do at the smaller position. Um, (laughs) I, I remember when I was interviewing, um, my boss was was uh, asking, he's like, oh, do you know how to do this? I'm like, yes. I, I've done that a little bit because I had to because we had a smaller team and somebody had to do that. And he was like, okay, we have a whole department for that. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, do you know how to do this? And I was like, I had to do some of that as well, again, because it was a smaller department. Uh, he's like, we have a whole department for that. And I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> right. <laughs> Where do I fit in? Yeah. Uh, going, going back to um, Dragon Mountain Design, mm-hmm. how effective has that been? Like, have you gotten a lot of inquiries, job inquiries from that? Or have you been able to use it as a tool when interviewing? Has it been helpful for you in furthering your career? It actually was when I was looking for uh, my current job. Uh, I was unfortunately laid off due to COVID in July of last year. And when I was looking for my new job, um, I I had just included my website kind of in my CV resume. And um, it got people talking. They were asking questions about it. They were like, what are are you doing here? Like, why? Like, what's your... And so it was like a really good conversation starter. It, it had kind of established, uh, hey, you, you, you're like passionate about this and you show this. Um, I also have like my work history on there. So it was also like, a, hey, this is also a resume and including all of these other cool things that I do. 
That's such a good idea. I mean, as an employer myself, if I was interviewing someone and I saw that they had this personal project website and they had all these really cool CAD designs on there, I mean, you really get the sense that you love doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So that, that goes such a long ways. And in general, I think that's, it's, it's a great illustration of an effective way of getting people's attention, just finding something to differentiate yourself, right? right. I actually find that, that the podcast kind of does that for our company to some extent. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, you have this podcast? What's that? Oh, that's cool. And it's different, you know? It's oh, something yeah, that we can talk sure. about. It's that's, that's really what it comes down to. It is something that we can talk about that is unique yeah. and different and new, and people are like, oh, that's cool. Let's talk about that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a great conversation starter when you're talking to anybody really especially yeah. if they've if they're a little bit familiar with it beforehand because um, I, I I try to be a little bit humble and like I don't just walk up to new people and be like hey I have a website you should check it out I make stuff <laughs> here's my card Drakenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I had thought about that at one point just to like make cards or some some unique way to make cards and I was like no nah, I don't want to do that <laughs> I'm not that cool That's too far. Yeah. yeah maybe next year All yeah right. <laughs> Um, we talked about this uh, a little bit when you were talking about uh, Prussia. It was Prussia, mm-hmm. right? Prussia. Printing? Prussia. Prussia. Okay. Um, are there any other vendors that you've found to be, you know, pretty helpful that people listening to the show might might find? Valuable? Um, I feel like everybody says this. It's it's the standard. You're probably going to guess what it is. I'm guessing it starts with a Mick and ends with yeah. A it's McMaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> throughout my career, I've used them for countless things um let me see i actually i put together like a google spreadsheet at one point for I've different tried to get mcmaster on the show but they, they keep really they keep saying no thank you not not now if anyone can can help me get mcmaster on the show i'll give them a hundred dollars um, right i had i offer. had met somebody who was related to the mcmaster family really? but like not part of the company so otherwise, I would track him down and, and give him to you, but I don't $100. think he's part of the it's company. On the table. Okay. <laughs> um, let me see if I can find that. Um, I mean, if you're looking for like parts, it's definitely McMaster is kind of where you want to go. If you're looking for inserts, I've got Pen Engineering, like PenNet.com. Oh yeah, we've got a lot of a really good, good inserts. Yeah. Um, for for like electrical components, if you're trying to build like a small electronics project, um, Adafruit has a lot of really great boards uh, oh, that are okay. modules, and you can just use them to build different things. Like one of the one of my earlier projects was um, building a Game Boy, basically, um, and it, it used emulation in a Raspberry Pi. Uh, but then there were like these different modules for like a power supply from Adafruit or a PCB that I could solder everything onto. And so, so they're really good. Um, they've got a lot of really good projects. If you're just kind of interested in different stuff like that, um, like SparkFun or Mouser, they also have a lot of really good parts. Um, Excellent. Adafruit is one that hasn't come up on the show before. Oh, that's, so that's surprising. They're yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad you I love Adafruit. That. I haven't Very done cool. a whole lot of electronic projects recently, but I, I still like watch um, some of the people who make stuff like uh, No Ruiz, one of the people who make a bunch of the Adafruit projects, like just made this like MIDI fighter board. And he's like this amazing artist and he's made all this music with this little MIDI fighter oh, board. Cool. It's wow. super cool. Like they do a lot of really cool stuff and they're nice. really, really good about showcasing the stuff that they do. Okay. Excellent. 
Tell me a little bit about your, how, how do you start the design process? You know, you're at the beginning of the, of the project. Donatello is just starting to take form in your mind's eye. What, what, is, what are the mental checklists that you go through? Um, there's a lot of staring at the screen and using mm. my space mouse to rotate it to make sure that it has the shape in all directions. Um, as far as like kind of my, my project process, um, I'll get an idea and it'll kind of ruminate for a while. And if, if I don't have time to start working on it, my brain works in this weird way where I'm thinking about how to build it in 3D space just in my head. And then once I can sit down and work on it, I'll start trying to implement some of those things until it gets to like roughly the right shape. Um, if it's something that I'm that I've already put a lot of time into, and I'm not sure on the fit, I'll do like a test print just to make sure that things fit properly. Um, for instance, with the Ninja Turtles, um, I didn't just like sit down and make an action figure one day. Um, I I thought about what my process was be would be. I thought about what kind of articulation I wanted them to have. I at least wanted them to have like shoulder and hip joints. Um, I thought about kind of like what kind of accessories I wanted them to have, uh, what I wanted them to be able to do. And so I started I started planning that by kind of just doing like a test design of the shoulder joint. And the shoulder and hip joints are the same because I like simplicity. Um, and so I had made this like really goofy looking rough shaped character with the shoulder joints and these goofy looking arms. And my kids love it. They named him punchy. And um, <laughs> I have not released that model, but that was like step one. I wanted to like rough out the idea of making a, uh, like it's like, it's a TPU joint for the shoulder and hips. <laughs> so that was kind of step one. And then I refined that a little bit and had to make some adjustments for the size of the Ninja Turtles so that I could fit enough for like the neck and the shoulders around the same area and then make sure that I had enough room for the hips so that they didn't look like super wide-hipped, splayed, awkward, pigeon-toed yeah. Ninja Turtles. Um, and I, I feel like I got pretty close there. Um, I also like to plan out the way that they're printed when I'm designing. So I try to design everything for the easiest printing experience possible. Um, for the Ninja Turtles, if memory serves, and, and for most of my designs, I try to make it so that you don't have to use a brim on your print settings and you don't have to use um, support material because I hate post-processing. That's oh, yeah. Like I said, with 3D printing being kind of a means to an end, like I don't want to spend all my time post-processing. Yeah. I would just want it to come off and play with it. And so I'll, I put a lot of thought into my designs for like, how, how is this going to print? What's a good surface that this can be attached to for the base plate? And um, how is it going to, how's it going to print? Is it going to be solid enough in this area? Or is this too thin of a wall that it's going to break on a lamination line or a layer line? And so I put a lot of thought into how it's going to print as I'm designing it. I, I like that you talked about the thought that goes into it before you ever do anything in CAD, right? right. You kind of architect it in your mm -hmm. mind. I I had a 
hard time sleeping last night. I woke up in the middle of the night and there's this design that, that I'm working on right now. And I started thinking about that. So for probably two hours, I was lying in bed oh, last man. night thinking about how, how, how could I do this? You know, I couldn't go to sleep and I didn't really want to get up and walk around or anything. So yeah. I just lay there and thought about how could I do this design? And so by, if, by the time I woke up in the morning, I had it mostly designed in my head and then I could jump on into the CAD and start, you know, putting actual geometry yeah. together and getting all, all the fine details worked out. I've experienced that so many times. And especially especially like once you've designed it to a certain point, and if you're stuck for a little bit, um, you take a break, you fall asleep, and then you wake up and you've subconsciously like solved that problem. Yeah. Or you yeah. think that you've subconsciously solved that yeah. problem. And so you start playing it out in your head. And then once you implement it, it's it's like the most gratifying feeling it's like magic. Sometimes I will go to sleep and I will explicitly say to myself, subconscious, this is the problem I need to solve. Oh, wow. Start working on it. When I wake up, I expect an answer. <laughs> sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So you've got that almost under control. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I haven't gotten to that level of control. It's more serendipitous for me. Yeah. That like level when it happens, I, I wake up and I'm just like, heck yes, let's do this. <laughs> and so I'll just like, I'm almost like running uh, to see if it'll work yeah uh, it's such a great feeling yeah. isn't it sometimes when, like, i feel like my no... subconscious is smarter than i am <laughs> oh i think mine definitely is there's no question about that along with my wife yeah. um so uh, let's talk about cad a little bit do mm -hmm. you have very defined rules for how you go about modeling in cad um i like to keep things as simple as possible um i've, I've been like professionally trained in solidworks i'm a cswp there and so um, knowing that there's there's always going to be someone else looking at my designs, I try to keep things as simple as possible. And I'm, I'll talk more about SolidWorks for this part uh, because I probably have the most experience there. Um, I like to keep kind of like all of my features sectioned out in one part. Like I'll do all of my features for a certain area and then I'll folder it. I'll put it in a folder and label it like nice. this is what this is. Yeah. Um, so if, if you want to make changes to like this part of the design, open up that folder and find it. If it's like an important feature, I'll label that feature. I try to label things as much as possible, but I, I really like the folder feature in SolidWorks. And so I will folder like big chunks of design for like, like, one of the last one of the last projects that I worked on at my former employer was uh, were, were like glue guns, and so if it had anything to do with the hot end, that there was like a folder for hot end features, and then there was a folder for like handle features, a, a folder for glue entry features, um, and stuff like that. And then so those would be like the base features, and then from there there would be like the finishing things, like the the drafts, all of the molding drafts would have their, would be labeled as like um, hot end draft features and then folded. Yeah. And so I, I like to keep it kind of like sectioned off like that because it's really, really easy to lose your place, especially if you're looking at something somebody else worked on. Yeah. And right. so I, I always wanted to set up my design so that anyone could look at them and get a vague, a vague idea of what the intent was and what the flow was so that they can either recreate it or they can make changes where they need to make changes. I core value number three of pipeline is suffocate chaos, promote order. And I think that is, <laughs> I the, like that. The, 
I like yeah, that. it's good, right? But the the folders, I love using folders in I SolidWorks. Them. I love being able to rename the individual features. Sometimes I get oh, yeah. down to that level of granularity and rename the individual features because it makes it so clear. Oh, you know? yeah, it's I've so, done that too. So organized. It's just something that feels so great about a really mm-hmm. clean, well-organized yeah. CAD model. And anyone can look at it and know exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Makes me feel like like uh, Leonardo da Vinci or something. Yeah. Like a great artist, yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Um, what are what are a few habits that that you've developed over the years that have proved useful for you? Oh, hmm. Can you be more specific? Like, what what are you what are you getting at? Uh, like I'm not, like getting not at biting anything my nails, necessarily. Like no, of, no, 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 not that kind of, of habit. <laughs> like, like I, I used to have. I actually, I still have a pretty regimented morning routine. Where okay, I'll okay, wake yeah. up, help the kids get out, mm-hmm. and then I, I work out, and then I eat something, and then uh, uh, and then I shower, and then I start working. Like it's kind of the same thing, and, and that has been helpful for me, just kind of getting me into the flow of the day. Um, but I don't know, reading books at night or. Um, mental exercises to get yourself into flow. Um, yeah, um, whatever. Great. Yeah. So I, I, I'm an early riser. I wake up around five. Um, sometimes when I'm really sleepy, I'll kind of lay in bed and stare at my phone for a few minutes. Uh, but I, I typically will get up, come out to the workshop just to have some quiet time for a while. And um, once that's over and done, and I'm satisfied with that, I'll go like make coffee and then make sure that the kids are ready start my day work, um, work until lunch. And, um, the, one of the, one of the wonderful benefits of working from home is that, um, I can spend my lunch break with my kids. So my wife is able to get a, some time off. We're able to play and have a really good time, um, finish up my day. And then I have like a schedule of like, okay, I'm going to work out these, these days. Um, I'm going to do other things on certain days, but having a routine and a schedule is really, really good for me. Um, it helps keep me sane and regulated, especially during these weird times. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good for uh, most people. Yeah. Um, Have you ever been in a situation where you were faced with some kind of challenge or problem that was far beyond your capability to solve at that point in time? And, and how did you handle that situation? What, what did you learn from it? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm putting um, you on the spot. Here, you are so. putting me on the spot. It's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird because I feel like I'm sort of in that situation right now, especially with the reorganization at my job. Mm. Um, and I'm still like learning a lot and figuring that out. Um, so I, I don't have an answer for that specifically or that situation specifically. Uh, but throughout life, like challenges have posed themselves. And um, I don't know. Like it, I think one of the key things is being able to give yourself grace and know that you don't have all the answers. And once you can identify that you don't have those answers uh, to seek assistance or help or someone who's already been down that road, um, see if they have any advice to offer or assistance that they can provide. Um, that's, that's probably the best answer that I can give right now is that when, when a challenge is too great for you, um, I would not recommend shouldering through it uh, because <laughs> you could hurt yourself or burn yourself out. Um, so if assistance is available or if somebody is there that can kind of help help you with that burden, um, take that. 
I actually have the same answer. Yeah. Like uh, the times I think back on when there was just something that was so hard, I didn't know how to do it. Um, it having a mentor, right. Or someone you could yeah. turn to mm-hmm. um, a, a, a group, a team, uh, whoever it is, someone you can turn to for help is just so helpful. Um, well, all right. Well, let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up in just a few minutes sure. here. Um, let me ask you one more question. What has been the most exciting or interesting project that, that you've worked on to date as an engineer? Oh, boy. Um, are we talking like personal project-wise or Your pick, career-wise? Either one. Um, I guess I could do a little bit of both. Um, so, sure. so at my last company, um, I had the opportunity to design something brand new, and I was granted – or uh, the company was granted a patent – and I was listed as the sole inventor of it. That was like a bucket list thing. I was so excited about it. I actually have, they sent me a plaque. Uh, the legal team like worked, worked some magic and got me a plaque and they nice. sent it to me. And so it's up in oh, my workshop cool. now. I, and so every, and whenever I get discouraged, I'm like, no, I've got a patent. I've got a patent. That's what I've got. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so that's, that's like a I huge milestone. And that uh. was super rewarding. It was a really rewarding project overall. Uh, but just to like have that feeling of, of creating something so new that like the government recognized it, oh, you know, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Uh, so career wise that, that has been like something that's really rewarding. And then uh, personal project wise, um, I don't know. I've, I've really enjoyed like the wide variety of the projects that I've worked on. Um, Robo Kitty probably put me on the map for a lot of people, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, there, there's a backstory to that. It's on the website. Uh, <laughs> Go check it out, everyone. Go check Robo it out. Kitty. Yeah. Um, so that, like, that got a lot of buzz, and people were really excited about that. And so that was super exciting. Uh, but there's also like a, a double edge to that sword of then you'll have the haters come out and be like, Hey, this, mm. this design didn't work at all. And I'm like, well, actually like, look at all these other people who were successful. Yeah. Um, uh, but then, yeah. Uh, the Ninja Turtles action figures. Um, I think I've made, I think I've made like eight of them now total maybe. Yeah. I think I've made eight of them, eight of them total. Um, and that's been like a really rewarding and really exciting project for me. Um, I'm hoping to do more. I'm still learning all the ins and outs of FreeCAD uh, to try and build up my skills. I made a little baby Yoda as like a practice for oh, action nice. figures. Um, I don't have one right here, but um, made them for like all of my family members and they were freaking out about it. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. Fun. So, so yeah, it's, it's always a constant learning process. Well, James, it has been so fun to talk to you. Um, I highly recommend, and everyone listening to this, go to um, James's website and check it out. It's it's uh, dragonmountaindesign.com. Is that right? Correct. Dragonmountaindesign.com. All one word. There's no spaces or anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Y- you have to check it out just because it's it's cool. It's fun. It'll make you smile. There's just some really cool projects on there. Yeah. Um, before we sign off, just a, a note to you, a dear listener, if you have anyone in particular that you would like to hear from uh, or, or a topic or subject that you'd like to hear about, please shoot us a note. Let us know at info at teampipeline.us. We'd love to hear about you. We'd love to hear from you and uh, are very open to feedback about what, what you might like to hear about in the future. All right. Well, James, um, how can people get a hold of you? 
Um, you can always go to my website, leave me a comment on any one of the many posts there. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, just James Drockenberg. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to uh, communicate for the most part. For the most part, for the depending most, on who and you within are. Reason, yeah. Within reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should have? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed this time. Awesome. All right. Well, James, thank you. This has been just splendid and delightful. I really appreciate it. Good. Thank you. I'm Aaron Moncur, founder of Pipeline Design and Engineering. If you liked what you heard today, please share the episode. To learn how your team can leverage our team's expertise developing turnkey equipment, custom fixtures, and automated machines, and with product design, visit us at teampipeline.us. Thanks for listening.